I want to. I want to see the screenshot. Sorry, we're good. Hi everybody, welcome to the History in Star Wars video games panel. <laughs> uh, my name is... <laughs> People like video games, nice. Uh, my name is Brian Novicki. Uh, I am of the upcoming Vader's Gamers uh, podcast and live stream that we're hopefully starting by next week. Um, uh, and I had, probably don't have quite as much experience with the video games as everybody else. Oh, is the mic not gone? You gotta need it. Okay. All right. Sorry, I was far back away from it earlier, and it was yeah, looking fine. Yeah, there, there we go. go. All right. Sorry. So uh, my name is uh, Brian Novicki of the hopefully starting soon Vader's Gamers podcast and live stream uh, group. Um, these guys over here probably have even more video game experience than I do, since I grew up with a Mac and not a PC. I missed out oh. on greats like Tie Fighter and X Wing. Um, so let's just go down the line and introduce the panelists, and then we'll get started. Uh, I'm Brian Larson, uh, one of the editors at the Tashi Station blog and co-host of Tashi Station Radio, and the soon-coming, untitled at this point, uh, Star Wars Tabletop Podcast. James Clark, I'm a contributing editor for Boba Fett Fan Club, uh, and uh, I've been, uh, usually I'm on costuming panels, but video games are cool too. So. Rebel Legion, Mando Mercs. I'm Chadwick Miller, and I've been playing games my whole life, and also I'm a collector, so I've got to track down most of them. It's been the hard part. Hi, I am uh, Jeff Blau. I uh, do 8-Bit Radio podcast, 8BitRadio.com, and uh, wow, that's really a lot of feedback. Um and uh, yeah, I do, I'm on Twitter at the Jedi Revan, and I've been playing Star Wars games forever. So, hot mic. Yep. Uh, my name's Tim Helbing. Uh, I'm not a podcaster or editor or anything like that. Just a lifelong Star Wars enthusiast and gamer. So. So we've had Star Wars video games almost as long as we've had Star Wars, uh, you know, going back to the original Star Wars video games in arcades and on the Atari. Uh, and of course, in this new era of Star Wars, we have upcoming games from EA, including the new Battlefront game, which everybody has been asking about for years and years and years. Uh, Stop asking about it in panels. <laughs> so I thought we'd start out by just talking about uh, some of the highlights and reminiscing about some of the big games from the past. So uh, some of the earlier games that uh, a lot of people came to Star Wars video games with were the Super Star Wars games on just about every system that you could find back in the day. Um, my first Star Wars video game was Super Return of the Jedi on my Game Boy, actually. So uh, did any of you guys uh, have any fond memories of those Super Star Wars games? <laughs> that, yeah, the game had a really difficult uh, playing curve. They were brutal. Yeah, they were hard. Um, I mean, I, I had I had the Super Star Wars games. I also had uh, before that uh, the Empire Strikes Back game for the NES, which had an even worse difficulty curve. Uh, but yeah, they were they were fun. They, even though uh, the Empire Strikes Back game made me want to tear my hair out. Nobody like Super Star Wars, just me. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't have anything exactly. to say. About yeah, I mean, it is. It's because I grew up with the Mac. Side scrollers. <laughs> they were they were very difficult side scrollers, which I actually appreciated. I always liked hard games when I was a kid, but now I want them all easy because I'm old. <laughs> I, th- I think they were some of the first uh, 
licensed uh, work video games that were halfway decent because if you know any of the Nintendo games and Super Nintendo games of the 80s and 90s, they pushed out licensed uh, material and it was absolute garbage. Um, but Star Wars tended to... <laughs> Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Some of you guys know, you guys are old guys like Top me. Top Gun was yeah. not good. Uh, Top Gun. Yeah. Top Gun was you bad. never can land it on the ship. But, no. Uh, those those uh, platformers, I think they, they kind of paved the way for other platformers. If you look at Aladdin, you can see a lot of the the design um, characteristics from Aladdin uh, from Star Wars in Aladdin. So mm-hmm. um, I think they did influence a lot of the other genres that came after it for licensed uh, video games. Primarily, I think I'm a I'm a PC gamer. So really, what got me into yeah. it was the uh, Tie Fighter games, X-wing Tie Fighter. So that was like my first. If I remember the Lucas or the uh, the. Yeah, LucasArts, like, yeah. six-pack of games that you could get yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah. And I had the demo for Dark Forces and, yes. like, TIE Fighter on there. That was the best thing that I ever had. Yeah, let's talk about box. LucasArts. Um, video games, Star Wars video games, really started coming into their own in the early 90s when LucasArts was putting out tons and tons of great material, like all those X-Wing games and Dark Forces games. So that was probably a bit of a golden age of Star Wars gaming for a little bit uh, that I miss out a lot of. Uh, So definitely tell us more about those Dark Forces and TIE Fighter and X-Wing and all those types of games. Well, the... It it, rather inauspicious start. The first Star Wars game I actually had was... uh, the Rebel Assault 2 demo. Oh, yeah. That, uh, did, Rookie did you, 1. Did you ever go to, um, what was it? It was uh, it was uh, Computer City. They had a magazine you can buy that had a three-game demo pack that came with Rebel Assault 2, The Dig, and Full Throttle. Yes. Full the throttle. Dig, yes. yes. And I played Damn the... Max. I played the living daylights out of that one stupid level in <laughs> Rebel Assault 2. Um but uh, trust me, you weren't missing much. No, I, I got I got the full game. Too. I got the full game oh, later the, and the played all of that thing with the Falcons. Great, that was fun. Um, but after that, the game I got was Tie Fighter, yep. which for my money is the it's either the greatest or within the top five yep. PC games ever released. Totally agree. Yep. Awkward silence. Do I need to continue on? No. I think we're just day. reflecting on Tie Fighter for a moment. <laughs> so, I mean, the assault gunboat. What? Like, let's hear it for the assault. I mean, gunboat, how right? how great was how great was Tie Fighter though? Because it had these amazing mechanics, which made its way into the books and brought material from the books into the game. We had Admiral Thrawn in there. Um, we had uh, it, it was. Ooh, bringing... He's not official canon. Now, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's can. He's canon in our hearts. Heart cannon. Heart cannon. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that too, like that it made it into the books, is because now we have the X Wing uh, miniatures game. I don't know if anyone plays X Wing miniatures. I play the crap out of X Wing miniatures, right? And so they have the Tie Phantom from Rebel Assault 2 that's in that game. And uh, they have a ton of you, like the Moldy Crow from Dark Forces. Uh, Kyle Katarn's the man. So I think they turned it more into canon now. Like, clearly reference, you know, some sort of. Inf- I guess I'm dating myself because the first video game for Star Wars I remember was back in the days when we had these things called arcades. <laughs> yeah. you a a quarter- what now? Yes, these things that had video game cabinets and you put quarters in. Oh. Back in the day when a quarter was actually something. Hand money? <laughs> Hand money? You put money <laughs> in to play a game? Yeah, things called coins. Yeah. Or tokens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get beat up by certain people in this audience after this panel. <laughs> 
but uh, I, I wasted many, many dollars and many, many hours playing this, the original Star Wars video game in the arcade. So the trilogy or the no, no, the, that's going to be the, the trench run. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing oh, more yeah. iconic in Star Wars video gaming than this, the Death Star trench run, and and it's been redone. The original Star Wars game, you have the you know uh, Rogue Squadron games. It's done ad nauseum, but it's still every time when I you know shoot the the proton torpedoes and I I always I always breathe in because it's just that awesome. I don't know about you guys, but it's just an experience that I, I've always loved because that's what what I loved about Star Wars. So. Um, so, just to mention, a lot of these older video games, especially these PC ones, are now available on uh, systems like Steam and good old uh, games. So, if you're interested in these, they're easily to pick up now and easy to play on modern systems. So, with these X-Wing and TIE Fighter games in particular that everybody loved back then, there were, I think, four of them, right? There's X-Wing, X-Wing Alliance, yeah. TIE Fighter, and X-Wing versus TIE Fighter? Correct, yeah. That was the uh, multiplayer one? Yeah, X-Wing yeah. versus TIE Fighter was the multiplayer one. Uh, X-Wing Alliance was the final game in that the informal Azimines. series. Yes, the Azimine family. awesome. So out of those games, which one, if people were interested, they might have missed out on these like me, which one of those is the best one if to you, pick up? If for, yeah, for my money, if you only pick up one of them, you have to get TIE Fighter. Yeah. And actually, they, they ported those in over on GOG.com, and I think they have them on Steam now, and they have like they updated them to where you can play them on modern machines. Because for a while there, it was like, if you didn't have Windows 95 or before, you couldn't even load those games. Yeah, they use DOSBox. Yeah, so now, now you can buy them on GOG.com for like, can, it was like $7. You can go to Amazon, pick up a joystick, and throw $7 at Amazon, and get TIE Fighter, yep. and it's... It's as good of an experience now as it was then. What's the date? When did it come? When was the tie fighter? It was like 94. 94 or 95 it was released. Yeah, it's early, mid-90s for most of these my, ones. my internet communication device. <laughs> GOG.com. Uh, GOG.com or Steam. Or Steam, yeah. What controller do you use? Xbox 360 controller does not work. Um, I, I can't remember the brand, but I got a just a $40... Uh, Hands-on throttle and stick joystick oh, wow. off of Amazon. That's cool. My brother and I actually went because you know I, if anyone has siblings, you had to play video games on the computer with your sibling. So one of us would man the uh, the lasers and the shields, and the other <laughs> one would steer. So that's awesome. So while we're on the topic of you know PC games, there's also been a few Star Wars MMOs. Uh, we started out with Star Wars Galaxies back in there. Any of you guys Star Wars Galaxies players? <laughs> I wanted to love you. I really did. <laughs> oh. I tried. It's like I had a family member die, and then, like, oh, I, I miss Star Wars Galaxy so much. So that's different opinions for me, too. Yeah. Pre or, or so. post, it, where they redid the entire UI and experience with the tree. They got rid of the, the tree. And well, I didn't mind that so much. I, like, toward the end of the game, they had fixed a lot of the combat issues that they were having with that but the, the I mean the thing for me that bothered me about the skill tree is you'd have people taking this is anyone's never played this is gonna be like what uh, but you have people taking like pistolier defenses with their like pikeman abilities and it was never intended for that to happen so they were exploiting the system to be like you know math you know just ex- exploiting the math and yeah. so they had to fix that I don't know if they did it correctly but given that it's not around anymore well, it was around for like nine late. years. Well, I, mean. Yeah, I mean, what game from back then still is? Exactly. So, I mean, and there's what three different versions of it now. You can do the EMU, you can do Project SWG, and there's a third one coming out. So, I think people liked it. 
it seems a little bit mixed. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for those of you guys that have played the more recent MMO, The Old Republic, uh, yeah. would you guys consider that an improvement over Galaxies? And in, you know, in what ways is The Old Republic potentially better than what we've had before when it comes to a Star Wars MMO, if it is better? I can't speak to that one because I honestly am... I have to raise my hand in shame. I never played Galaxies, so... Well, I'm, I mean, for nothing else, it's got the Bioware storytelling touches. Yes, and does. that goes a long ways yes, to creating a very good game. When I, when I saw Bioware put it out, that was that was kind of the brand of approval for me. Yeah. So. Nice Seal Republic 3, basically. Yes. Well, I mean, for the single-player stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know about that. I, mean, this, <laughs> I honestly think that they dropped the ball on the Revan story. I think it, when you look at the storytelling from one and even a little bit from what Obsidian did in two and in three, it just, it, it, there's a drop off in my opinion, but I mean, you know, that's just me. So let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, KOTOR one, especially, yeah, uh, that was, it's a, a hugely well-regarded Knights game. Knights of the Old Republic was a revelation for me as far as what a video game could yes. be. Yeah. That was really my first, first exposure to the Bioware formula. And, it was this incredible, immersive uh, story in a universe we're familiar with, but fleshed out in such a brilliant way that uh, I, when I got the game, I sat down at 8 in the morning and started playing, and I didn't realize what I was doing until about 7 in the morning the next day. <laughs> so, and, and, and non-Star Wars fans liked that game oh, a yeah. lot. Like, I mean, I guess that's a testament to Bioware's storytelling. So. It, I was light side. <laughs> it's so much harder to play dark, though, isn't it? it? Really like, is. for, for the old ones. I mean, they had to change it in Tor where you could heal yourself with dark force powers instead of force strain. Because originally you were just like, oh, I'll take your health, thank you. <laughs> but in Tor, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed I played the light side, and Kotor to me is the best Star Wars video game ever made. Um, the story is just well done. Character development for all of your companion characters is just superb. If you haven't picked it up, it's on every single platform you can possibly You can, you can get it on iOS. Got it on my iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's totally worth the 10 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's hard to gush any more than what he just did, but uh, yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's, it's probably the... the uh, nice field re- 2003. Yeah, 2003. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those rare games that stands the test of time. Right. It's every bit as immersive playing it today as it was in 2003. The engine's a little dated, but it still is worth a playthrough. The, oh, the uh, Hasbro just had recently, uh, I guess this spring, a Black Series fan poll, and Revan won the fan poll for the, the fan choice Black Series figure. So yeah, I, think he's, I think he's well-liked. Yeah. Or so, she... <laughs> I played light side feet. That was another thing too that they started like yeah. you could choose the character like the gendered character and like you could pick how they looked and everything and it was basically you could make yourself and then you didn't find out until later who you were really in the in the Sorry. <laughs> okay, the moratorium on spoilers on that one has ended. Game came out 12 years ago, guys. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Fair okay, Darth that Vader is Luke's father. Yeah. <laughs> that would have gone over everyone's head. Luke is Leia's brother. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> 
So while we're while we're being divisive, KOTOR 2 was probably a little more divisive of a game than the kind of beloved KOTOR 1. It went through a bit more difficult development process than KOTOR 1 did. It changed developers. Yeah, it went to Obsidian, and I'm not going to fault Obsidian. Knights of the Old Republic 2 was an incredibly ambitious game, and you saw the seeds of something that could have been extremely special, even greater than the first game, but they got shafted. What did they do before that? Uh, what did they do before that? Um, it was something like... It was Neverwinter Nights, or am I making that no, up? No. They did Neverwinter Never Nights 2, but I think they did yeah. that after KOTOR 2. Uh, did they also oh, do okay. one of the Baldur Gate games? Well, a lot of the people who left Interplay and uh, Black Isle created Obsidian. So you have a lot of the guys that worked <laughs> on like Fallout 2, mm. uh, Icewind Dale, those games came in and started Obsidian. I'm looking up it up right now. Yeah, so a- as a background... Um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 left Bioware and Obsidian picked it up and worked on it. It was using the same engine. Um, but they ran into problems when uh, when uh, when LucasArts asked them to dramatically push up the publishing date. So a lot of stuff got left on left on the cutting room floor, which has since, much of it has since been restored uh, in uh, the KOTOR 2 um Fan restoration yeah. mod, and it's it's definitely worth picking up. They just updated it on Steam, so it's in Steam Workshop, so you can pick up the restored content mod really easily. You don't have to go through and uh, mod anything yourself. Yes. It's all done through Steam. Work. Takes care of all of that back end work for you. Yay, Steam! Yay! <laughs> I have I'm playing through it right now, so I don't know. I'm getting there, but I, they did fix a lot of the bugs. And a lot of the dialogue, so and they added in some cut like level areas. Yeah, yeah. they, they added in some HK forty seven area. That is actually an additional mod you have to add on to it. But um, I know they added uh, a lot of the um, dialogue that they left in to be able for people to go in and fix it on the PC version. So I'm getting through it right now. So I wish I was trying to get it done before here, but I'm you know first semester at Virginia Tech. So I, sorry. <laughs> I mean, there were always at least two, I think, weren't there? Yeah, you got at least a dark side and a light side ending, so... But, I mean, it really depends on how you... uh, All of your companions, which the companion feature they brought in, and they brought it to tour, is great. Couture True was their first game. Was it really? Oh, wow. Wow. I thought they they had a couple in their... uh, Couple on their resume before that. So They've done some afterwards. Or? Yeah, I mean that's their first time together, and you got to get chemistry. Is it? Uh, I is it I actually I actually look at them even more positively now that they got out what they did with that kind of a deadline. That, with that being their first. Game. I mean, they've also done great games like Pillars of Eternity that just came out. And, yeah. Uh, uh, South Park: The Stick of Truth. So. Oh my god, that was <laughs> it's just gold. If you love South Park, play it. And they're doing a the new one. Yeah. So another one of the bigger games of that sort of time period of Xbox and PlayStation 2 was the Battlefront series. Well, if we're going to talk about shooters, though, I feel like we'd be we remiss if we start talking about shooters and we don't talk about Dark Forces Dark first. Forces yeah. Jedi Knight. Because really, like, like, like Dark Forces and Goldeneye kind of defined an early shooter well, well, well and, and Doom, Doom and Wolfenstein Dark, Dark Forces started off as really let's be honest it was a Doom clone yeah, yeah. It was, but, it was a very but it was a Doom clone where you could look up and down that's yes. true and uh, brings us Kyle Katarn jump 
I don't think you could jump yeah, in it, Doom. It had some mechanics that Doom didn't have. Um, but more importantly than that, Dark Forces was the foundation for the brilliant um, Jedi Knight games. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But, and Jedi, Jedi Outcast uh, is, I think, one of the only game that you could ever... You had uh, wrist control on a lightsaber, so as you moved your mouse, you could, you know, cut things. Like, the, the delicate maneuvers with the lightsaber were yeah, really you, intricate in that. You could use your mouse to um, manipulate the lightsabers you were locked in mm-hmm. to a duel with another lightsaber. Yep. And they haven't done anything like that since. No. Yeah, Dark Force is, is interesting to me because it spawns that Jedi uh, Knight Jedi Academy series. Mm-hmm. Which is a bit of a different direction than you'd expect coming out of a shooter to be waving around a lightsaber yeah. right now. But a lot of the time when games make changes like that, kind of shifting genres a little bit, even though it still had the shooter elements, uh, it gets pretty divisive and people get upset about it. But mm-hmm. the Jedi Knight games are almost universally well loved, it oh, seems. Yeah. So, what do you guys think it is about those Jedi Knight games, really, that people oh, latched onto it, even though they were different from the original game? It was every bit of action that makes Star Wars great. Yeah. Uh, it's the gunplay, it's the lightsaber duels. Um, uh, the later games had mini turret combat games. It was... Lando was in one of them. Yeah, Lando was in one of them. Um, it was... Uh, the Jedi Knight games were Star Wars action games at its finest. Yeah. I mean, and then was... Uh... Rebel, uh, or was a Republic Commando before or after, after Battlefront? After. After, after yeah. After, okay, yeah, so yeah. After. Similar time frame, but yeah. Pretend uh, I didn't say it yet then. <laughs> <laughs> and then just one more thing about the Jedi Knight games that I think was interesting. There's an expansion to one of them where you can play as Mara Jade, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, Mysteries of the Sith? Mysteries of the Sith. Uh-huh. <clears throat> where Kyle goes bad, and he's got the Wolverine salt and pepper going on the side of his head. <laughs> it's good look for him. Yeah. And it's not... You know, at least back then, super common for you to have been able to play as a female character other than Leia in a Star Wars game. Uh, especially an expanded universe character like that, I think, was a big moment for Star Wars video I mean, games and, and the integration with the expanded universe back then. That that goes to Mara's staying power that she was so popular. They brought her wholesale over from novels to be in a video game like that. Also with Dark Forces, it was one of the first multimedia crossovers where they did the books and the action figures or anything else and kind of paved the way for The Force Unleashed about probably 10-15 years later where they actually except Dark Force is always on time there was also Shadows of the Empire which even got a sound which even got a orchestrated soundtrack right Um, Shadows of the Empire was a book way before it was a a video game they were all around the same time actually I, I believe I believe it was discussed that the book was part of a concerted multimedia cross-platform campaign. It was a bit of a test run actually for um, The Phantom Menace coming out a few years later to make sure that they could make all the books and video games and toys and soundtracks and everything run smoothly with this (laughs) new prequel era that was coming up. Uh, It was a bit of a test run there with Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, I I will say about Dark Forces though, I guarantee most of us look at it with rose-colored glasses because those mechanics did not age well. I played it because they released it on GOG.com also, and I played through that, and it was rough. But fortunately, we have some shooters with much better mechanics. We have Republic Commando, and we Mm -hmm. have the Battlefront games, so let's talk about those for a bit now, the more modern ones. Republic Commando had the the squad-based combat. We got Fixer, we got got Sev, Scorch, and boss. All right. So yeah, and there's uh, those were 
uh, squad-based combat, and you could you had to manipulate the entire group, which was, I mean, before that, there weren't many games that, that did that. And I think that was kind of one of the biggest, uh, the m- most well-liked features of that game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was that actually came out before um, episode three, also. So it was kind of everyone's one of everyone's first looks at General Grievous and a lot of the characters from Revenge of the Sith. And a good look at the Clone Wars at that time, too, yeah. before we had the Clone Wars TV show and things like that. It, it, gave, it gave a little context to uh, getting dropped in the middle of what in the world's going on in Revenge of the Sith, which was nice. And they brought him over to <laughs> Clone Wars, uh, what, like, episode, or season four, was it? Season three? So, that was pretty great. So, they're canon. They made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the squad-based combat was very innovative, and you can see shades of it in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so Battlefront then Uh, that is one of the big ones Um, what do you think it is about Battlefront that really made people gravitate towards it the simple but exceedingly fun arcade style gameplay it was easy to pick up and fast but despite the ease of picking up the mechanics of the game it was just it it was just a ride it was a blast to play Battlefront was one of those two where it, it came out during a time where we we kind of switched uh, culturally from this from couch like gaming to online gaming where you could play all these games with your friends online you know through PlayStation or Xbox Live or whatever. Yeah, so. it hit that magic point where broadband uh, internet mm-hmm. had proliferated yeah. enough to yeah. allow something like that to happen. So while we're on the topic of Battlefront, do you guys want to watch a trailer for the new Battlefront? Yeah, sure. Do I ever? (laughs) Roll that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) Technical difficulties, hang on. (laughs) This is the third game. Thank <laughs> you. 
So, a, a, a little historical note there. It's been 12 years since this and the last Battlefront game. The reason for that largely is um, utter mismanagement at LucasArts. Um, and it, it's a pretty sad story. Uh, LucasArts had a deal with a third-party developer who was going to create Battlefront 3, and then they started withholding payments because they wanted to start developing everything internally. That studio wounded, I believe they folded as a so result a of that. Yeah, it was Pandemic. Yeah, they actually um, got bought out by BioWare. Yeah. So, before they got bought by EA. But, they, yeah, they were, they were within days of just shuttering shuttering their doors um, and I, I actually wrote a piece a couple years ago um, when LucasArts was officially shut oh. down but essentially the story, it's from 2004 onwards the company was so badly mismanaged that they were lucky to still be alive in 2010 um, so it's as, as sad as we were to see LucasArts go from a gamer perspective it was the best thing that could have happened to us to have the license go to EA. Well, the thing is, when you have a parent company like uh, Lucasfilm, and they have a basically deep pockets, uh, you can keep around a studio that maybe should have folded two, three, five years before because they have Star Wars money behind them and that license. I think you're right. EA having the license... As much as people are disgruntled and don't like how they do their business, I think it's only going to be a positive um, uh, going forward because they have a level of polish to their games, and they're not going to release uh, a flood of just awful games like stuff like Masters of Terrace Kasai or uh, uh, totally Star Wars Obi Wan. And you didn't like you didn't like playing as no no I did with the whirling dervish. And it it is important to remember that. EA has incredible subsidiaries. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll get more Bioware games because of... Uh, Bioware Dice, uh, the studio behind... um, uh, Oh, what's the other studio? Sledgehammer? Yes. Um, But, yeah, there are some some great EA-owned studios that are creating content now, and we're going to see games, a, a level of game quality we have not seen in, honestly, probably a decade. In the death knell, though, we did get Force Unleashed, which was, I mean, popular and and pretty good. I mean, I mean, a lot of people didn't like <laughs> the first one. Yeah, the second one was like two and a half levels. So you you go to Camino or you're on Camino, you leave Camino to a Dagobah cutscene. That Dagobah level Camino. was great. Yeah, yeah, that was no it. gameplay. Dagobah, you literally you start off at the Rogue Shadow, you run to Yoda's hut, and then you run back. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened. That's it. That's the game. So, uh, but Spoiler. the first one was good. Yeah, is that spoil it for you? <laughs> but no, the first one was good. But other than that, what were some other like LucasArts downfall good ones? Because in the last like ten years, what? I mean, it was a downfall, so there weren't much. Bombad. Oh God. <laughs> what was the other one that was like Twisted Metal Demolition? Demolition. Oh, yeah, I actually liked Demolition that, a lot that on was, the original PlayStation. That was yeah. one of the few hits they had during that span. And it was done by a third-party studio. Really? Yeah. What, what was the name of the, the Ranker uh, team? I don't remember. Anyway. There were so many bad games during that period. Yeah. It's all a blur. Yeah. But now we are in this new period. We're in this Disney EA era of Star Wars video games. And that beautiful-looking Battlefront trailer is going to be our first one of these EA games. And, uh, and it gave us our first look at Sullust and Jakku 
uh, on the end of that trailer there. Solus was the volcanic one that was kind of like snow-capped, but also volcanic. Um, or it was real ashy, rather. And then we had Jakku, where Boba Fett was flying around, which a lot of people believe that, that, that Boba Fett's going to be in the Battle of Jakku. But they had they had uh, Vader fighting the Battle of Endor in Battlefront 2, so I don't think there's much They had Vader in fighting in the Battle of Endor. Yeah, in that and trailer. that one, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> if there's he a, worked there. If there's a way to shoehorn <laughs> Boba Fett into something, uh, the, this community will find a way to shoehorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, let's talk about kind of the integration in this new era. Um we have the story group at Lucasfilm that helps make sure that everything from the movies to the TV shows to the books to the video games all fits into one cohesive universe. And we're starting to see that with Battlefront with the Battle of Jakku, which will come out as free DLC shortly before The Force Awakens in December. Um, and we also see uh, DICE, the developer of this Battlefront game, had access to the Lucasfilm archives to take pictures and scans of all kinds of old props to make things as realistic to the Star Wars universe as possible. So uh, let's talk a bit about that and how things are going to be kind of different now in this new era. I, I don't know if we really should be getting high on, oh, suddenly these, these games are all going to be canon because they're still video games and video games have funky mechanics and storytelling Elements. I mean, there there was another Battlefront trailer which shows Luke with his green lightsaber at the Battle of Endor or Battle of Hoth. Yeah, not canon. And um, the prequels like, are canon too. So, but you've me. got so many different variables and different ways your yeah. game could end. Like with Force Awakens or Force Unleashed, you had two separate endings. So which one's going to be canon and which not, which one isn't? So. Are you guys nervous that we're going to lose some of those mechanics? Do you think that... No. 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 Um, ultimately, I don't <laughs> believe that uh, Lucasfilm will mess with what these studios do best, and it's producing highly playable, enjoyable video games. Even in, in Knights of the Republic also, you had the canon ending and then the non-canon ending, too. Like, I mean, because all the other content, like the books, you, you have Revan being a good guy, so... Yeah, so, I mean, they can do the same thing they've always done and say this this arc in this game is the accepted canon arc, and everything else is going to be, uh, okay, this is an ultimate story. Yeah, I'm, le- I'm less excited about canon being involved in the games and more excited the fact that the vaults are being opened to the developers to have realistic uh, graphics and realistic uh, elements in the game, like with uh, what they did with Battlefront, they opened up the vaults to people they were to scan original models from the original uh, trilogy and from the prequels to put them in the game. Um, that is a big deal, in my opinion, because the, what makes uh, a game is realism, having the ability to have the immersive experience. Um, and when you add that there, you, you, it adds just a much bigger element and the fact that DICE isn't putting the destruction element to give the extra horsepower for graphics in the game is going to make it even a better experience, in my opinion, to have. So canon, I think, isn't, isn't as important as long as the canon for the movies and the books stays true to what we love about Star Wars. Video games, I think you're right with it being, because of the mechanics of, of video games in general, you, just can't, you can't have it too connected. The, the story group will have their say in more, much more traditional storytelling mediums. Yeah. In something that's as interactive as a video game, they're, they're not going to they're not going to mess with the process there. Yeah. Do you think, though, that we'll end up with potentially maybe less let's steal the Death Star plans kind of video games? Because <laughs> uh, we had probably well, we five to ten one different ones. Probably. <laughs> we'll probably have a Rogue One time. I, yes, for one, am looking forward to Rogue One, the video game. Yeah, that should be an interesting game. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah, that's my I think main thing when it comes to the storytelling with the games in the story group is just that we might get a broader variety of storytelling in the games because they don't want us to have 25 different ways that the same thing has occurred. Yeah, but I, I think it's going to be a lot of actually how the books work. I mean, if you were here uh, yesterday when Chuck Wendig was talking about Aftermath, he was discussing how he really got – the only thing he got was a list of what was off the table. Yeah. He got to pitch – pretty much whatever he wanted. And that's going to be the same thing with the game studios. They'll get to pitch. I think that's good. Are they making it public No. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah, pretty much if something's off the table, they keep it secret so we don't know what's off the table and yes. start speculating too much about it. Well, they've, they've released a few play styles, too, um, or uh, combat modes for Battlefront so far. Yep. They've been pretty interesting. Because we have, we do, it's been confirmed we do get some dogfighting. Right? We do. There's a fighter mode. I forget the actual name of it. But and then there's um, what? Blast. There's a blast mode, which yeah. is, I think, smaller, uh, more focused battles. It's kind of in the vein of the old <laughs> Battlefronts. A bit of a king of the hill, capture the territories type things. Uh, and then we'll also have big 40-player giant walker yeah, assault, assault missions. So. For me, the big thing about Battlefront was always the hero mode. Like, the yeah. hero upgrade whenever you get that. And I think, I mean, at the end you saw... We talked about the one where Luke and Vader are fighting, and then, like, Boba Fett, and, I mean, even if they weren't in the battle, like... We'll have, Hero Star- yeah. we'll have Hero Starfighters also okay. in the Starfighter modes, getting oh, yeah, to play Falcon. as the Falcon and uh, Slave 1, and hopefully others as well. That's going to be a blast. Do you have any uh, questions? Yeah. yeah, if anybody has any questions, you guys can head Yeah, up go ahead and line up with there. this mic here in the center. Favorite games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just yeah. Down the road As you guys quick. are getting ready for that, uh, just head down the road and talk. To everybody say your favorite and least favorite of these Star Wars video games. Oh, oh, that's a hard one. Um, honestly, it's TIE Fighter is my favorite game. As much as I love Knights of the Old Republic, it's TIE Fighter. Least favorite game? Uh, crap. Yoda stories? I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that was going to get mad. I couldn't find a screenshot for Yoda stories to put in there, but I was looking for one. Uh, favorite was Star Wars Galaxies. Uh, that's in probably my top five favorite video games of all time. And uh, least favorite, oh, I don't know, Jedi Power Battles. Oh, God. Uh, well, you stole my least favorite because I was going to go <laughs> Jedi Power Battles also. My favorite's probably Starfighter for um, the oh, 64. so much fun. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I love those Starfighter games. Well, I, mine's Knights of the Old Republic uh, is my favorite. Um, for my least favorite, probably Star Wars Obi Wan. That game is a oh, steam, that steaming that pile game of was S. A hot mess. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, I'd, I'd actually have to say uh, my favorite game, and this is probably because I love strategy games, is the original Star Wars uh, Rebellion. Oh, Rebellion. Oh, yeah. We didn't even I talk about the RTS games. Those yeah. were yes. the Rebellion was great. I loved that game. Um, closely followed by, of course, Knights of the Old Republic. And, we didn't talk about a lot of arcade games. You like Pod Racer, but uh, <laughs> with oh man, that's that's a whole other panel. Oh, yeah, so. it's only so much time in the day. <laughs> so uh, first of all, just the wanted to make a comment in regards to um, a nod to nostalgia, something we'll likely never see again. And we saw with uh, Rebel Assault Two and Jedi Knight, which were the live action cutscenes. <laughs> Always sort of have a special pa- place. Does in anybody my remember how poorly acted those cutscenes? You know what? Oh, that was part of the charm. Was great. <laughs> no, it was not. Yeah. And the guy. All right. So here's the so Star Wars is supposed she to be camping, so right. guys. The uh, the guy that played Yun on Dark Forces Two was on ESPN and like retired recently. But like for the longest time, they always made fun of this dude who he was like a. Uh, 
What's the word of one? Commentator? Yeah, it was like a, it was a guest commentator, and I was like, that's Yun from Dark Forces! <laughs> so, but uh, my question was, um, I was curious about your opinion on some of the branch-offs they're doing with um, the new um, The Old Republic expansion pack, Sons of the Fallen Empire, or something oh, yeah. like that, yeah. and how it's we'll we're seeing something that we've never really seen before. In regards to like this new sort of dynastic force tradition and stuff Almost like, like that. Sounds like they're running out of ideas. Oh <laughs> Well, let me let me jump in there. I mean, the Star Wars universe is supposed to be thousands upon thousands of years old. I mean, as, as a history geek as well as a video gaming geek and Star Wars geek, uh, it makes sense to me that there would be some sort of dynastic force tradition. So, to me, I say bring it on. I'm interested in seeing what they've got. But isn't it like a new? It's a third party, and you have like a new character, or is it? Yes, it's not. That's the way I understand. Like it. to get the most out of it, you don't even play through it as your own character. Or? I don't know, because it seems more like a new single player game for expansion, which a lot of people were asking for, I guess. But yeah, a lot of people wanted to go I'd back to that Kotor s- single player experience. Yeah. I'd probably be still playing the Old Republic had that been out there closer to launch. I, I saw the trailer, but I, didn't, I don't know much about it. But the trailer looked awesome. Yes. So Can we just get I'm a movie of Bioware trailers? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because the one on Alderaan with Satil Shan oh, and, yeah. and Malgus. And Malgus is an amazing character. Like, yeah. It, spoilers. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I just, I guess I gotta say, I'm a little surprised to come to a Star Wars video game panel and hear nothing about any of the 64 games. Rogue Squadron. I didn't have a 64 growing up. I saw Squadron, even Episode 1 Racer, and so I was curious kind of what you guys' thoughts on that era were. I, I have to confess, I really didn't like Rogue Squadron to the level other people did. Blasphemy. I know, because I found... I found... Yeah, I found the uh, the Thank X-Wing the series to be a much more engaging game for me, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I'm but the, the same way. I mean, the controls were so great with the 64 and just... <laughs> yeah, if you get used no. to it... Is it this? Is it this? No, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, I was... I, what was your favorite? What, yeah, what which one was yours? Those two? Man, I still can't. Yeah, that, well, that's I a great episode one racer. I, I, I did had play, that on the yeah. PC, and I hard. lost a lot of my life to that game. Two was on, uh, was on the GameCube, wasn't it? Yes, two and three, and three Rebel Strike. Um, so uh, first of all, I love Tie Fighter just as much as you guys do. I actually was maybe more of an X Wing Alliance fan, but I love Tie Fighter. X Wing Alliance really is a terribly underrated game. It you know, is like I. It had a great story element, and, and the, the quick skirmish mode was Magic. awesome. So cool. Iman Azamine is also known one of the pilots that made it into uh, the X Wing Miniatures game. Oh really? They I didn't a, know that. Oh really? Yeah, they have on the. Um, what? The Scum and Villainy expansion that came out, they have a Iman Azamine pilot, and you have the Andrasta title, and it's got the, huh. the Twi'lek lady on the side. Is Pretty Miniatures cool. like a kind of a flight simulator game, kind of like the... Kind it's of a like, tabletop. Tabletop. It's tabletop. Like, uh, tabletop. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, my question. Um, they recently, like a few... Um, towards the beginning of the year, did a Star Wars Humble Bundle, and I picked it up, and it was, you know, all these old games I've never played before. Played through KOTOR, loved it. But the one I'm playing right now is Star Wars Empire at War, and I'm wondering what you guys thought of that one. That's one of those RTSs. Yeah, right? it's, yeah, it's one of the... 
Kind of like Rebellion. Like, I, uh, that was Starcraft. Yeah, yeah, it was one. It was the more recent RTS. Um, I only briefly played with it, but the, the what I did, I I enjoyed. Um, it was yeah, there was an expansion too. It, it was a it was a pretty well designed RTS. It, it's kind of it's kind of an RTS that, in my opinion, kind of streamlines. The, it's easier, to, much easier to pick yeah, up it's than a, most It's RTSs. a whole lot uh, easier to grasp than mo- most mainstream Like RTS Galactic games. Battlegrounds yeah. or something. Yeah. Have you played the Empire uh, at War RTS? What do you think about that? Honestly, no. I, have to, I, I was poor back then. Didn't have <laughs> money. I played like the first, you know, started t- tutorial and like the first level, and it's it's a, a decent RTS. Um, I think if you're looking for something that's more, um, like if you're a ship battle person, I would suggest picking up like endless space and getting some of the mods you can do f- to put make it Star Wars craft because it's really cool to have Star Wars ships in endless space because it does it so well. So, thought it's a cool Mandalorian mod for the uh, uh, Empire at War expansion also, oh. where you can change a lot of the was a third party the the consortium Zahn the Zahn consortium yeah. Hi. Um, so before I get to my question. Um, the, when you guys were talking about the three developers that are making Star Wars games for EA, uh, Sledgehammer's not involved with that. Sledgehammer's back making Call of Duty with Activision. It's actually Visceral. The that, makers that, of that's it. Yeah, yeah, sorry, you're right. Yeah, Visceral's making the one after Battlefronts. You're welcome. Thank you. We stand corrected. We have gifts. We have prizes to give. Give him one of the prizes. <laughs> yeah, you, you corrected the Pick panel. One. You get you get a prize. All right, now to my question. Um, <laughs> are any of you guys at all concerned about Battlefront because EA is backing it because they're terrible? No, because di- no, because Dice is making it and Dice is fantastic. Yeah. EA is not a uh, well for the most part isn't a developer they're a publisher they yes they have a stranglehold on a lot of the good developers in the in the business um, but they also come out with masterpieces like Mass Effect like um, a lot of the Battlefront game uh, Battlefield games um, so you can't I understand a lot of people have frustrations and how th- uh, things are changing with microtransactions and so on and so forth. But video games are changing in general. If you're not looking for something like that, pick up something that's independent. Um, support your indie titles. Fabulous t- indie games d- out there. Support your indie titles. Uh, Star Wars is such an iconic and large IP. It's going to stay in it with a AAA uh, publisher and stick with AAA developers. I mean, and um, I think so when it comes, it's something to you have to deal with. But it's it's there, there's a level of polish and a, a level of uh, uh, creative uh, control that needs to be done on something that, that with an IP like that. And so. really, it was either it was either EA or something like Activision, and I'd rather have it at EA. Yeah. And when it comes to Star Wars, EA is not going to want to jeopardize no. this relationship by yeah. making gimmicky, Absolutely. microtransaction-filled, that's, that's frustrating, mind-pulling games. Well, this, yeah, this is the flagship of the new era of Star Wars gaming, so I think they'll take their time and do this one right. I mean, later on, it, things might get rushed you know, on future games, sure, but this one I think they'll, they'll make sure it's and done right. I, I don't think EA now is the EA of three or four years ago. They're, there, there's new CEOs. Yeah, much better. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's Peter Moore now who's heading up a lot of that is the COO, right? He's the COO. The new CEO is like a younger Australian guy. Yeah, I can't remember his name offhand, but... It's, um, it's a different company than it was a few years the ago. The culture's changing. That's big on any uh, uh, gaming 
uh, company in general is their culture. You and can tell there was a there was a great piece in uh, I think PC Gamer today um, where Peter Moore was talking about how they are going hard on hiring a more diverse workplace to get different perspectives exactly. and on development. Yeah. So that that's that's the EA we're looking at now. It's it's a much different company. I just don't want more battle packs. I understand. I mean, it's it's a it's Over a frustration that. for people, but I mean that's the way the development cycles are going now. Yeah, because it takes so much in cost to develop a game that they have to recoup that cost even at for people who are pirating, and so I know it's it's a small minority, but you want the reason there are stuff like DLCs and there's stuff that there are microtransactions is because. Uh, they are rushed to get developed out quickly. They have to pay these guys and get a return on their investment. DLC and, and um, microtransactions give developers the opportunity to continue their creativity on a game, so that you can can get the stuff that you want. It's it's a sucky situation, but the it's, economics behind it work. It, it, DLC, I know it's not the greatest thing, but DLC is a safety net that gives studios the ability to go all in on these AAA blockbusters. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, uh, this is more of a testament on your thoughts on the prequels, but uh, what are your thoughts on the um, Clone Wars mode being a two-part, like, map deals, DLC? For the battle <laughs> Yeah. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, I didn't either. Now I, didn't I know. Think about it. Um, I think that's yeah. awesome. I think the Clo- Clone Wars cartoons were better than the prequels. Oh, yes, um, yeah. most definitely. But I the, you, just watch it machete order. That's, that's yes. none of the movies. And if, uh, if nothing else, I mean this this is further proof that Lucasfilm at all are not forgetting about the prequel era yeah. and the Clone Wars. They're still producing content. I mean, we had Dark Disciple no. a little while ago that yeah. released. So I expect some more in the future. And, and if you think about it, we don't have Star Wars Rebels, which is awesome. Yes. If we don't have Clone Wars, that's true. So. true. And I think as we go along in this new era of Star Wars, we'll see more callbacks and things said in the prequel era. I think right now, because we're moving into the sequel era, they're putting a lot of focus on the original trilogy. And then as people that grew up with the prequels start working on Star Wars, we'll see more prequel stuff coming back into things. It's a necessity at this point to push the timeline a little further forward because the original trilogy has been out of the spotlight for an awful long time. I, th- I think it's good. I think any time that they have more inclusive and content uh, throughout all of the the platform, it's never a bad thing. So I think it, it'll be good for people who want to see that content in the game. Anything that puts out more but, Star Wars, I'll get behind. So oh, yeah. So I'm apparently the only person in the world who doesn't like Kotor, and I think the yeah. pro- I think yeah. the problem with Pretty it is much. that I played Mass Effect first, and Mass Effect is the same mechanics except vastly improved. I can understand that. I think that um, if you have, if it was hyped up for you for, for so long, and then you go back after playing Mass Effect, I could understand why you wouldn't like it. But you be, you would not have Mass Effect if you didn't have yeah, KOTOR and you didn't have Jade Empire. Those two like, games paved the way for them to do in their own independent content. So. It's like playing Modern Warfare and then going back and checking out this Doom game. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But Wait, did that guy blow up? Yeah. What, was your, what was the thing that were your concerns with? Was it system or the mechanics or was it the story? It was that message you get in the beginning that your aim and motion has no impact on whether or not your weapons hit the enemy. I just uh, that, yeah, that's... It, it, you have to remember that Knights of the Old Republic really is based on top of a D&D style yeah. dice yeah. roll system. Yeah. 
But the question is, do you guys who loved KOTOR think that something like an anniversary remake of it that used more modern <laughs> mechanics would be good, or would that be know. heresy? Go ahead and take my money, Bioware. I would yeah. buy it in yes. an instant. I have it on every platform that it's out. Uh, absolutely. Redo so it for me. If they could, Please. If if the they could skin and, that yeah. on top of the Mass Effect engine, absolutely. Yeah. No. I'm a bit opposite on that, actually. Like I would just prefer something brand new out of them rather than a remake of a classic. Fair. I, three. Feel, I feel like there's a market right now in, in gaming for... HD remakes of old games. Though. Final Stalter. Fantasy VII. Final says Fantasy's hello. doing it, and, and they did it with Halo Anniversary. They're doing it with Gears of War, and that's not even an old game. But like, if we had reskinned versions of old games, I think people would buy that, and it probably wouldn't take a ton of work. It's not just Microsoft. PlayStation did it with uh, Last of Us, yep. and yeah, you know, all the good God of War. So, go ahead. Um, this is kind yeah. of a comment and question about the new Battlefront. There's a few gaming concept, I mean, um, gameplay concepts that I find a bit iffy. Like the way to acquire a vehicle is you don't see the ATST on the map and you run to it and get it, and you have to go around the map and find a power-up coin, and then you um, find a safe place, and then you spawn into an ATST. And there's a things, a few things with the loadouts and the weapons that I'd like to hear your opinion about. That's going to be one of those things where I'm going to have to actually play it yeah. and see how it works. Uh, it's different than what I've seen before, but uh, I'm, I'm withholding judgment. The good thing about DICE is they have a really good community, and their community uh, manager is really good at giving the feedback back to the developers to patch issues with the game. Um, so if that mechanic doesn't work, they'll, no, they'll, they'll replace it. They'll, they'll go back and get, get it taken care of. And it might take a long time. Yeah. That's, they're notorious for taking a while to get it taken care of. But they do address a large amount of issues in, in their patches. Yeah, and so. speaking of feedback regarding Battlefront in particular, there's going to be a beta for Battlefront in October before the game comes out. So <laughs> if you have concerns about these systems, try to find a system that you can get on and play that beta and then make sure you get that feedback back to them so that they know any concerns that you have when you do play it. It's kind of been brought up already um, about the uh, strategy games and everything like that. And I guess you guys haven't really touched them, but Rebellion was one of my favorite, like yes, most thank favorite. You. Thank you. Uh, strategy games. And I feel like that's actually the essence of Star Wars. You know, the Rebellion trying to defeat the Empire and the ship, Empire ship combat, trying yeah, to fleets yeah, <laughs> trying to conquer the universe. Yes. Um, would you guys care to see another one coming up? I know I've Take my money. Or is yep, there one that money. I haven't heard of? Or I'd love to see it with the new, uh, the new uh, Star Wars movie, just because it looks like there's going to be large immersive battles. You know, if they're going to have it in Battlefront, why not have an RTS? Although I have to be honest, I don't know if I see them producing a proper RTS or if that's just going to be something ported to a mobile platform. Well, yeah, Let's hope not. Thank you. Not Unfortunately, we are out of time. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but we do have a raffle to give away a couple of things uh, before we head out for the night. So uh, if you guys look at the back of your chairs, there are numbers up on the back of your chair. Uh, those are going to be your raffle numbers. So when we call out the numbers.